Hey out there to all people and cherry pie lovers, this is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy who isn't left-handed as far as I remember, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? Hey, Brandon. I'm doing good. You're right. I'm not left-handed. I am right-handed. Right-handers rule. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? Let me just give me a high five right there. Yay for the majority. Let's talk about that cherry pie for just a second here, Brandon. Sure. Do you like cherry pie? Yeah, love it. I think cherry pie is all right. I'm not a huge fan of cherries, but when they're in a pie format, like, I can eat it. I like my cherry pie cold. I do not like, I don't like it warm. No do you thanks. like it? Do you still like like whipped cream and stuff on it? Yeah, of course. Okay. Whipped cream on everything, dude. I had I had pancakes just the other day, and I put whipped cream on it, and uh, it was great. I loved it. Whipped cream's yeah. amazing. Sounds great. Makes everything better. Show does. How was your week this week, Cortland? Um, you know what? I was worried you were going to ask me this because it happens like mm, every single week. I don't think I did anything. <laughs> I don't think I did anything like exciting or anything. Gosh, it was it was kind of a boring week. Work was really busy this week. You know, now and mm-hmm. that it's after Christmas, everybody wants jobs, and that's what I do. I hire people for my company, and uh, everybody was like showing up to their interviews and stuff. And it was like, all right, everybody realized they don't have the money after Christmas, and now they want jobs from me. And I say, no, 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 no. I you have to be the Scrooge who says no. <laughs> I like rarely no most of the time I'm like you. most of the time I just hire people <laughs> <laughs> I'm a giver Brandon you know that that's sweet I know I'm a sweetie just like the old hermit from fever swamp I'm I'm a sweetie so this week was supposed to be our Christmas party for work um we were gonna go to an arcade and we were gonna have a lot of fun I'm dumb and I was like Hey, son, we're going to go to the arcade this week, so be good at school or else we're not going to go, right? Mm-hmm. And because of, like, you know, COVID numbers, because they're on crazy rise over here, we yeah. actually, like, canceled the work party. But I already told my son that we were going to go, so I went to the arcade yesterday <laughs> again. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. Hope you brought lots of sanitizer to rub down those machines oh dude i was i was wearing my mask i was sanitizing all over the place this one time so i put my hand under the sanitizer machine because they have them like periodically throughout the arcade and it squirted like all the way to the left and i was like well that was fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) like there's a buildup of sanitizer and just like all the way over across the floor and i was like (laughs) That's a you problem now. I'm not going to clean that up. Yeah. Was there just a giant sanitizer stain to the left where everyone squirted it to the side? There wasn't anything that I noticed. Like, I didn't know it was going to do that. It just was part of the problem. I'm a menace. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, Cortland. Yes. What are you playing at the arcade in 2022? Uh, Let's see here. What did I do? Well, I played air hockey, and uh, my wife won, Wicked. which was really upsetting to me. She's listening to this right now, I'm sure, and being like, eh, hey, got him. <laughs> so we did that. We played this, like, my son wanted to play everything, so we played a little bit of everything they had available. Lots of shooting games, uh, some tickets. I played some skee-ball. There's a lot of fun stuff. I like the arcade. It's I good, love the arcade. Show. I gotta say, I was on one ride. I mean, it wasn't a ride. It was one of those things where you, like, pay, and then it's like a roller coaster experience where you just sit there and it just shakes you around and um like jiggles my body (laughs) yeah (laughs) and my wallet fell out of my pocket and i didn't notice Uh, all part of their plan i right that's what i'm saying so i like it was a while later i we were in like the area where you collect your prizes for the tickets you get 
And this guy walks down. He's like, hey, did you drop your wallet? And I was like, no. And I touched my, you know, pocket area. And I was like, fuck, yes, I did. And he's like, oh, well, is this one yours? And I was like, yeah, it is. He's like, oh, Oh, I found this over there. It must have jiggled out of your pocket while your body was. (laughs) Did he use the word jiggle? I like the word jiggle. But no, he didn't say it like that. But he was like, oh, I found it over by the roller coaster thing. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Because I had like hundreds of dollars in my wallet. I never carry cash, and I had literally a hundred dollar bill do, on me. Yeah, the one the time I do shakes you down. Kate <laughs> shakes it out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really very happy for that Almost guy. Almost got and away with it. Shout out to you, Joey. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that was That's my week in a cool. nutshell, Brandon. How about yours? What'd you do this week? Oh man. Um. Jeez. Like. Did anything work? shake out of you? <laughs> No, not that I can remember. Uh, I went to work, and I played video games. That's sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. Like, I mean, work stuff is, like, the most boring thing I could imagine talking about, but, yeah, Mm. our company is very small. It's, like, nine people all together, and, like, half of them are out with COVID right now, so work sucks. That does suck. Yeah, our, like I said, our numbers over here are pretty bad too. A lot of people in my in my place are out with COVID as well. <sighs> yeah, I went from not knowing anybody who had yeah. it to now it's like every day like this person has it, this person has it. It's crazy. It is. But in cooler news, I guess we watched Late on Me. Scarecrow walks at midnight. We a did classic Goosebumps episode. Cortland, yeah. how did you feel about this one, man? You know, it was an episode. It was <laughs> it was something. It was a trip, really. A uh, trip, yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, I think this might be one of the worst acting that I've had across the board in an episode. Really? Yeah, it was really Who bad. in particular would you say? Uh, you know, everybody. Everybody. Okay. Stanley right. was okay. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else, though, it was bad. There wasn't great acting, um, but I don't think anyone in this episode was as bad as the worst ones we've seen, like yeah. My Hairiest Adventure. It wasn't My Hairiest Adventure. <laughs> they didn't have to ADR these kids so that <laughs> no <laughs> people could actually understand them. So. But there wasn't any outstanding or even very good acting. You're right, I'll give you that. I want to know, Brandon, did this episode like live up to your expectations? Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, Yeah, and I say that I still mostly like it because, I don't know, I like Scarecrows. We've been over this. Yeah. I don't know what I like about them, but like old, you know, out in the country, farmhouses, isolated from everything, and spooky Scarecrows in the cornfield, like that aesthetic, I'm just down with. And uh, this was okay. The... Like, it's going to be impossible to not compare this to Silent Servant. Yeah. Uh, the Scarecrow in that is just way scarier. It, yeah. Like, this, the Scarecrows in Scarecrow Walks at Midnight are, like, Halloween decoration, like, what you expect spooky Scarecrows to look like. The mm-hmm. one in Silent Servant looked like something that would actually fucking murder you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the Scarecrows look alright in this episode, though. I think the makeup... I mean the the costume design for it's pretty all right. Yeah. For for some of them. Some of them look stupid, but like I mean there there's definitely like A tier and B tier scarecrows, but in just this episode. <laughs> yes. 
Um, yeah, they look all right. Well, maybe we should just talk about the episode now. All right, let's do There's it. a bit to go over, but also there, not very yeah. much. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how I would explain <laughs> it too, yeah. <laughs> all right, so the episode begins with a pickup truck pulling into the driveway of an old farmhouse. A twangy yeah. guitar and harmonica song remind us that we ain't in the city anymore, Cortland. No, we're in country living. Yep, this is the sticks, my friend. The truck honks, and an elderly couple bust out of the front door of the farmhouse with the <laughs> biggest damn smiles on their faces. They are stoked. A couple of kids get out of the truck and run to the couple, calling, Grandma! Grandpa! And they all hug. Yeah, they bum-rush them for the hugs. Mm-hmm. Back at the truck, we see an older boy in a rock and roll shirt and torn jeans getting out with suitcases. He just walks past the old couple without saying a word, but the camera stays with the old couple. Grandma says, Ooh, we missed you. The girl, named Jody, tells Grandma that she missed them too. The younger (laughs) brother, whose name is Mark, asks Grandpa if they can go catch some frogs. Oh my god, this kid. Frogs, yes. (laughs) Grandpa says, we're supposed to get some rain today, so nope. But you got the whole summer for frog catching. The whole summer? Okay, shit. Yeah, so this is one of those staying for the summer kind of things. Did you just say banned for the summer? Staying for the summer. Oh, okay. It was like banished to grandma and grandpa's old ass <laughs> farm for the summer. Yeah, it's one of those episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a thing as well. Out of nowhere, a creepy looking man, the man who was driving the truck, appears and says... I like those frogs. You shouldn't catch them, because if you do, the scarecrows might just be catching you. Damn, okay, right away. Yeah. The problem is, right away I know exactly what's going to happen with this story. <laughs> do, did you? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. You want to know what it really reminds me of? Like, I feel like I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit here, but sure. the classic... Twilight Zone episode slash part of the movie where it's the little kid that has the psychic powers and everybody has to appease him or else they're going to get murdered by a child. That's exactly what I thought of when he said that. I was like, oh, it's going to be that. Okay. Okay. Well, I wouldn't have caught that at all. And I think like the building mystery is like one of the best parts of this episode. Oh. So I guess if you instantly know what's going to happen, that probably uh, ruins a bit of the fun. A, l- a little bit. Yeah, he was like, you know, don't catch those fucking frogs or I'm going to be, you know, or, or the scarecrows yeah. is going to get you. I was like, okay, Stanley, I see where you're coming from. You're going to sit there and threaten the whole fam <laughs> because you're a wicked person. Like, I get it. Yeah. Grandma and Grandpa both have a look on their face like, oh, fuck, he caught us talking about frogs again. Oh my God. <laughs> when the guy leaves, Mark asks, what's with Stanley? Jody just shrugs, and then Grandpa rushes them all inside to avoid the rain. Mm-hmm. Grandpa says, here we go, but like not in a fun way, because Stanley totally ruined all the good vibes. He sure did. Fuck off, Stanley. Yeah, Stanley ain't great. Later, inside their shared bedroom, Mark asks his sister, Why did it have to pour on our first day here? I wanted to get some frogs. Oh my god. You're right. He's obsessed. He's like, I'm getting my frogs. He is. Jody tells him to go to bed so he can catch frogs tomorrow. He says he's not tired. But Jody tells him, the sooner you go to bed, the sooner you can get up for breakfast. And you know what that means. What does it mean? The camera pulls in right on Mark's beaming face 
as yes. he utters the sacred words. Oh my god. Chocolate chip pancakes. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> and there's like a little musical flourish to celebrate the occasion. Dude, right? I mean, that's what happens every time I mention chocolate chip pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love that. <laughs> chocolate chip pancakes? <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, I just love that moment. <laughs> it's really fantastic. Like, the camera just, like, zooms in on his face as he says, chocolate chip pancakes. Like, they are the dopest shit in the whole fucking world. Yeah, this is something they look forward to all year. Grandma's chocolate chip pancakes are laced with crack. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> the secret ingredient is chocolate chips. Get the fuck out, really? I gotta write this one down. <laughs> it's pancakes and chocolate chips. You can make it at home. There's actually a recipe on the back of the book. <laughs> <laughs> We transition, suddenly, to Grandma staring out a window into the thunderstorm. She looks incredibly worried as she practically shouts, Are you sure you locked the doors? Grandpa assures her, yes, the doors are locked, and the windows too. Yeah, like she's yelling like the kids aren't in the other room, minding their own business, waiting for pancakes and frog catching. (laughs) Yeah, they're just like, they're coming to murder us! (laughs) Don't let the kids know we're all gonna die. <laughs> they don't got the boogie fever at all. Get them. <laughs> the grandparents look out the window again at a piece of wood standing in a cornfield. Grandpa tells her, it's just the wind. That's the only reason it's not on its post. Yep, whatever you gotta tell yourself, Grandpa. Mm-hmm. We ain't buying it. He leads her to bed, but the camera stays on the window. Lightning flashes again, and again... But then the silhouette of a figure in a big-brimmed hat walks past the window. I gotta say, Brandon, the music at this point sounds like the opening introduction to Roseanne. It's just like, harmonica, like... (laughs) It's ridiculous. (laughs) Pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like in mega Roseanne vibes. The intro to Roseanne is also horrifying. It can be, yeah. Especially the one where they, like, sit there and they morph around. Yeah, that's nightmare fuel. (laughs) You can see the outline of hay sticking out of the figure's hands as it bangs on the door and jiggles the handle. The camera follows along the wall back to the window where the thing stands looking in, and lightning illuminates it long enough to see the face of a scarecrow monster. (gasps) Now, Cortland... We're two minutes and 45 seconds into this episode, minus the credits. Like, it gets pretty into it right away. Yep, and if anything from Goosebumps has taught me, uh, based on You Can't Scare Me, is that they deliver in the first five seconds, and then you don't get shit for a while. (laughs) But this episode's not like that. You get shit for a little bit, too. Like, you get shit smeared throughout the episode. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is shit all over. (laughs) Yeah, it's got a healthy smattering of shit. <laughs> Alright, so the next shit that happens is the next morning, Mark and Jody bounce happily down the stairs as they greet the grandparents, and also Stanley and his rock and roll son, whose name is Styx. Yeah. Gra- Grandma yells, Hope y'all's hungry, and slaps a bowl of food in front of them. They both <laughs> could not look more disappointed as Jody spits out, Corn flakes! <laughs> oh. Mark is just straight up like, what about the pancakes? <laughs> Dude, 
when I watched this, um, I actually forgot about the pancakes for a second there. I, I guess I was just whisked away into Scarecrow World or whatever. So when she put the, the bowl of cornflakes down and the kids were like, the fuck is this, Grandma? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? And then they were, and he was like, where's my fucking pancakes? I was like, oh, yeah, the pancakes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're supposed to be like, oh, man, the you know, something's gone wrong and you know they're all disappointed but it, it just comes off like man these fucking spoiled ass kids yeah entitled banging on the table like where's my pancakes 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 <laughs> yeah well you know what the best part is is that they're there for the whole fucking summer and it's the first goddamn morning and they're like yeah. i want the the buffet breakfast grandma where's my pancakes yeah surprised they didn't like flip the table like pick that up grandma come get me when you got pancakes <laughs> Jesus. It gets really tense as Grandma turns around quickly, and both Grandpa and Stanley look at her like she's about to spill some horrible secret. Grandma gets it together enough to lie that she just forgot to get chocolate chips. Mm. Yeah. You can't make regular pancakes. You gotta go straight to cornflakes. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of thoughts there. Yeah? I was like, I remember the time that we talked about like what kind of specialties... That Australia has for their cereals and stuff. And I remember you saying that they just corn flavor everything. So I was like, oh, yeah, an Australian delicacy then. Mm-hmm. But also, I love that you said that this gets tense because they're talking about fucking pancakes. And it's like... Yeah, it's it's pancakes, but like you could cut that tension with a knife. Yeah, the, it's as thick as the syrup that these kids would have put on the pancakes had they had some. <laughs> yeah. As the syrup they don't have. <sighs> Stanley looks relieved and digs into his cereal. Jody seems cool with it, but Mark looks down at his cornflakes like his grandma served him fucking gruel. <laughs> <laughs> like he's eating sponge. Oh, shit. Grandpa drinks his coffee with a thousand yard stare. And then it transitions to later outside. Mark and Jody are playing catch. Jody oh, begs shit. him to throw the ball harder, and when he does, she doesn't catch it at all, and complains, oh not that hard. He just whips that ball. Like, he doesn't even try to aim at her, which is good, because he could have hit her, but, like, he just yeah, chucks care. it into the cornfield. It looks, it's it's so funny. Yeah, what are you supposed to do when someone's just like, throw it harder! Throw it harder! harder! <laughs> throw the ball And then you just fucking fuck off, Jody, whip yeah. that shit. She's like, God damn it. I knew this was going to happen, but I still did it anyway. She takes off her glove to go look for the ball in the cornfield. The camera rises up into the sky to give a good view of her and the two scarecrows in sight. I that thought that was a pretty good. cool shot, because they don't do a lot of aerial shots in Goosebumps. Yeah, I like that. Um, Like, she goes into the cornfield, and the camera just rises up and up and up and up and up, and she's, like, right next to the scarecrow, and you can see a couple other scarecrows. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Mark keeps screeching at her to hurry up, but she says that she can't find the ball. Now Mark takes off his glove and runs in to help her. He asks, is this going to take all day? But then he immediately finds the ball. When he looks up, he says, whoa. And the two kids both look at the scarecrow on its post. Now, Brandon, I haven't been in a cornfield in a while, you know. Mm -hmm. The the lanes in this cornfield are very wide. I feel like oh, yeah. they don't know how to plant corn. <laughs> I feel like they just need a walking room. Yeah. 
I just don't think that Grandma, Grandpa, Stanley, and Stick. Stick? Sticks? Whatever. Sticks. They don't know what they're doing. They have soiled their crop for this year. They could have been... Like, they got to think about profits first. They got to keep the farm alive. They need to be planting this corn a little closer together. They need that corn for their cornflakes. They got to... Oh, shit. You know. Yeah. They got to get back in the game. Yeah, they do. For no good reason at all, Stanley appears out of thin air saying, What you doing? Jody is like, oh, hi, Stanley. But Stanley continues to just keep saying random nonsense, telling her, The Scarecrow walks at midnight. I was like, title drop. Okay, Stanley. (laughs) Yep. Jody asks if he's confused again. Stanley says, no, I'm just telling you. I made him walk one time. Jody tells him, Stanley, the Scarecrow can't walk. They're not alive. Uh, So is Stanley just like... A little dumb or something? I don't get it. Yeah, it's established later that Stanley is like Forrest Gump. Okay. <laughs> Just then, one of the scarecrow's legs does a little kick. <laughs> Both of the kids jump, but then Sticks pops out holding a stick that he used to push the leg. Oh, is that what it was? Because he yeah. like he pops out of the corn on the opposite side or something of the leg that kicked, and I was like, how did he do that? Yeah, it. I mean, that's what it's meant to be, but... No, that thing moved its leg. Jody tells Sticks that that shit wasn't cool. But then Grandpa calls out that it's lunchtime, and Sticks and Stanley are like, Ooh! <laughs> food? <laughs> what about the food? <laughs> Jody and Mark start walking off, and Sticks yells, Hey, this isn't any place for city kids. You two should have never come out here. Shut up, Sticks. Like, you knew, I'm sure that they had this planned, like, all year. Like, get the fuck out. And who yeah. are you? Who, who is this, this kid? He's Stanley's son. So he's yeah, the but... farmhand's son. So which which sense. I guess makes him another farmhand. He was born into it. I guess so. Damn, that's Indentured how farmhands servitude are... on here. <laughs> to grandma and grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He lives on their property in a tiny little shack. And yeah. So he probably does all the work then because everybody else are old people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is running this farm, and he is not planting that corn (laughs) close enough. No, he's not. Somebody needs to have a chit-chat with him about that. Later that night, Jody is in bed reading a book, and Mark is throwing a baseball in the air to himself. He sits up and says, Jody, do things seem different around here? Jody puts that book down and says, I was thinking the same thing. What was up with that cereal? Again, saying it with such venom. (laughs) God, ruining their summer one bowl at a time. Yeah, they're like writing home to mom and dad like, S.O.S. Grandma and grandpa (laughs) gave us cereal. Oh my god. Mark says he's not even going to bother asking grandpa about riding the thresher because he would just say no. And even Stanley is acting stranger than usual. Jody suggests that maybe it's them that have changed. Wow. Yeah, Jody with the hard truth. like She's deep. She's like, Mark, you gotta look deep inside yourself. Maybe you're the one that's stupid. (laughs) 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 then it's time for bed but not before mark gets up to close the window when he does he sees three scarecrows in the field but one of them straight up just shakes itself loose from its stand i think this is one of my favorite parts of the episode is seeing like him seeing the scarecrows kind of jiggling and stuff it's a little bit unsettling Mm -hmm. i like it it would be i'd be upset by it like realistically a scarecrow can't do much to you like Hay doesn't have very much mass. Right. But 
Just the idea that it's moving around when it shouldn't be is spooky. Mm -hmm. Mark calls Jody over to see the Scarecrow, but when she does, the Scarecrows are all back like normal, just swaying in the breeze. Because they know, yep. (laughs) Jody tells Mark that he's letting Stanley get to him. And the Scarecrow business makes no more sense than the time Stanley said pigeons like getting their toenails polished. I think that even the imagery of the scarecrows kind of like wafting in the breeze a little bit there. Like, I think it's people, right? It's people up there that are... Yeah, for sure. It's it's cool. I like it. And like I said, I think it's a really unsettling imagery. I think it's cool. Yeah. Fucking plus one for scarecrow walks at midnight versus yep. Silent Servant. Silent Servant doesn't have any people jiggling. I can't remember now. <laughs> you know how I like my people jiggling. <laughs> yeah. Jiggling their wallets right out of their pockets. <laughs> Jody sits back on her bed and says, Mark, Stanley is a little slow. He says oh. stuff that he doesn't mean. Okay. All right. Mark reluctantly accepts this explanation and goes to bed. So, Cortland. Yeah. We've already met every single character in this episode. Yay. Okay. So, let's just go through and meet all of them. So, first of all, Cortland, we have Jody, yeah. who's played. By Heather Bertram. Is that and any relation to Laura If you're Bertram? asking, it is the middle sister of Laura Bertram what? and Jennifer Bertram. Awesome. Who you might remember from Tale of the Hunted. That's awesome. I love, I guess I love all the Bertrams. Oh, they're great. Yeah, the Bertrams seem good. I mean, we already trashed her acting at the beginning, but. I mean, besides that part, you guys. <laughs> um, She, like, I don't think she's bad. She's just not exceptionally good. Yeah. Heather Bertram has nine credits on her IMDb page, so not a whole bunch. Uh, this was her first role, though, so you you know you could say she's new at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, she was in a TV movie called The Devil's Arithmetic. Oof, that's what I which, say every time I look at math. This is The Devil's Arithmetic. Yeah, it's all The Devil's Arithmetic. She was also in six episodes, Cortland, which might be a record on this show, of Factor Chronicles of the Paranormal. I would like, say that's, yes. That's a straight-up reoccurring character. Not to cut you off, Brandon, I just looked at The Devil's Arithmetic, and that has Kirsten Dunst in it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. So she was in, like, a real Brittany Murphy and Kirsten the... Dunst? That's, like, a hot cast. That's a dream team, if, if you will, yeah. Brittany Murphy, rest in peace, right? Yeah. And that was a TV movie? Like, by 1999, they were both already... Yeah, Kirsten Dunst already did Jumanji, the greatest movie that she's done. Um, and she already did Tower of Terror, um, directed by DJ McHale, buddy of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heather Bertram was also in Phantom of the Megaplex, Cortland. <gasps> With Mickey Rooney. Right? Yeah. And her I'm, I'm last fired. role was in 2003... A TV movie called Deathlands. Wow. Not a long career, but something. Yeah. Next, we have Mark, who's played by John E. Campbell. John was only in four things, and this episode of Goosebumps was his final role. Yeah, he went out on top. (laughs) He was in an episode of Forever Night, our favorite show that we haven't watched. (laughs) And a TV movie called Radiant City. Ooh, sounds gorgeous. I'm not going to look into it, though. No, I don't want to (laughs) know. Next, we have Grandpa Kurt, who's played by Bob Clout. Yeah, rest in peace. Yes, passed away in 2011. 
Now, Bob surprisingly doesn't have tons of credits. He's got 26. Yeah, that's not that many. But he was in some things. He was in Beautiful Dreamers as Dr. McAlpine. Something I've sure. never heard of. Okay. He was in Maniac Mansion, the TV series. Oh, I only know the video game. Yeah. He was in Butterbox Babies. No, he was not. What is that? <laughs> he was absolutely in Butterbox Babies. You're a Butterbox Baby. <laughs> That's what they tell me. Wait a second. I feel like we've talked about Butterbox Babies before. We have definitely talked about Butterbox Babies. Fucking damn. This is now a Butterbox Baby podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually a very tragic story. Let me read the description for us. A couple okay. operates a shady maternity home in the 1930s and 40s in Nova Scotia. That doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, um, they're babies that are buried in butter boxes. What? Because they're killing them. Oh, okay. Never mind. I don't have. I don't want to know anything more about this. <laughs> Fuck off, butterbox babies. <laughs> <laughs> Not the baby specifically. No, no, the butter boxes and the people that put babies in them. Yes, okay. Uh, Bob was also in something called That Beautiful Somewhere. Oh, whatever, okay. Yeah, so a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. But Next we have Grandma, who's played by Louise Nickel. Louise has 47 credits, including, like, one from last year. So she is still working. Yeah, looks like it. 8-Bit Christmas. I gotta look at that. I love 8-Bit yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've heard of that. She was in an episode of Psy Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal. Nice. She was in a couple episodes of Orphan Black. I've heard of that show. I feel like I have too, yeah. She was in three episodes, Cortland, of Shit's Creek. What? She was? She played Doris. I don't know who that is, but some old lady. Doris. Okay. I'll take it. I love Shit's Creek. Yeah. Now we get to the only two actors on IMDb who have a picture. Mm, that's a good sign. So that means they probably have done a couple of things. Stanley is played by Michael Copeman, yeah. who, yeah, has 125 credits as an actor. Get it, Michael. So he's killing it. He started in 1980 with the movie Deadline. Never heard of it. Neither have I. <laughs> Off to a great he was. He was in the movie The Fly as Second Man in Bar. Oh, I loved him in that role. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great role, but a great movie. <laughs> yeah. He had a role in Friday the 13th, the series. Mm -hmm. He was in Scanners 3, The Takeover, a sequel I didn't know existed until just now. No, I've seen the first Scanners, good movie. Didn't see the second or know about the third. And, Cortland, what will probably recognize him from the most, or <gasps> only... Oh, yeah. He played Jake Griffin, the ghost, in The Tale of the Fire Ghost. Yes. It's all coming back to me now. Remember that one time when he was like, I'm a fucking ghost, and then he was like, Pew, and he disappeared? <laughs> we Wait, we joke about this every time. So, yeah. in Fire Ghost, when he's like, see you later, kids. What does he say? He's like, I'm out of here. And then he disappears in front of the kids' eyes. Every time we die in Dead by Daylight, that's what we say. I'm out of here. Yep. <laughs> so thank you, Michael Copeman, for entertaining us beyond what we should be entertained by. <laughs> You've brought us so much joy. Every time I die, I think of you. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Cortland, we have Sticks, who's played by Chris Lemchi. Okay. This guy has 55 credits. Nice. This role in Goosebumps was his first role. 
He was also in an episode of Eerie Indiana, The Other Dimension. Ooh. 32 episodes of a TV show called Emily of New Moon, which I've never heard of. Sounds boring. Oh, it's got Kirsten Dunst in it. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, jeez. He was in a short called The Day the Dead Weren't Dead, which sounds like it could have zombies in it. Oh, well, now that's piqued my interest. What year was it? I have to look at it. 2007. Oh, okay. Uh, that has no information. Next. And he was in the Tales from the Dark Side TV movie in 2015. Wait, wait, wait. Tales from the Dark Side is a TV movie in 2015? I'm learning about it right now, Cortland. I just want to preface here. I love Tales from the Dark Side. It's something that I definitely would love to cover at some point because there's a lot of great stuff in it. Mm -hmm. And I know that there is a Tales from the Dark Side movie that came out in like 1990. Um, and it's it's really good. I didn't know that they redid it in 2015. That's nothing. Yeah. I, I've never heard anybody whisper a word about it. So it must be great, right? <laughs> it says that it was written by Joe Hill, which... Ooh, Stephen King's son. Yeah, should bode well. Yeah. I've never read any of his books, but I've heard that he's a good writer in his own right. Um, I have read... The, I remember we talked this one time where, is there any books that you've never finished? Um, I started to read Heart-Shaped Box from him, but I couldn't finish it. It was too much oh, for me. so he's shit. Okay. No, he's not shit. It's just, uh, it was very, like, there's a lot of suicide-y stuff in it, and I just didn't want to mm. read it. Okay. Well, let's get back to the episode. Okay, thank God. The next morning, Jody is calling out for Mark in the cornfield. She yells, I'm going to sleep with two people, it's stupid! Yeah, it's like, why did they get written to do that then? Hmm. I don't know, but I don't think hide and seek with two people, stupid. Dude, I used to play hide and seek at a friend's house when I was little, and we'd go in his basement and turn off all the lights so it was pitch black, and it was so much fun. We'd just be bumping into shit. I feel like I've talked about that before, but it was great. Sounds dangerous. It was. It was, we like got banned from playing it because people were getting hurt. And it was awesome. Oh man. <laughs> it was great. Grownups ruin everything. Yeah. And now that I'm a grown up, I ruin everything. Yeah, so the circle so of life. everybody Cortland here your good buddy and your chocolate chip pancake chef thank you so much for joining us today whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we've got we're so thankful for you spending some time with us looking to help support our show you can become a patron for as little as one dollar a month over at patreon.com slash private island you'll instantly unlock early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing which is usually about two weeks early We've got plenty of bonus content and goodies to send your way, like stickers, t-shirts, bonus episodes, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Tristan, Venice Witch, and Sarah, the Silver Goth, Shane, Stephen, Matt, Kristen, Gerilyn, Evelyn, Aaron, and Brittany, the Golden Day Days, Angela, Faith, Sarah, and Matt, the Platinum Bostics, Brian, Bryce, Farron, and Kathy, and the Diamond Zebo, Michael. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. I'd love to grow our Facebook group, so join in on the fun and start sharing some memes and stuff with me today. Just search Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast on Facebook. We've also got Instagram at Private Island Presents and Twitter at PRVT Island. We post new content for every episode all the time, like handmade gifts and videos, memes, and more. Join us on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern for live watch parties on Instagram. If you're looking for more live entertainment, we play games sometimes on Twitch, too. That's twitch.tv slash private island seat. 
Normally, we're playing Jackbox Party games or Dead by Daylight, but Brandon and I just finished up the Are You Afraid of the Dark computer game, The Tale of Orpheus Curse, which was a ton of fun. We're looking for more cross-promotions with other podcasters. If you got a short promo and want a promo swap, email us your promo at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. We're also always taking questions for our season wrap-up episodes, so send those our way. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for taking a listen. I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye! Jody shouts out that she's going to leave Mark and just get out of there, and begins to walk back to the house. But she starts hearing rustling sounds in the cornstalks around her. She looks up at one of the scarecrow stands and sees that it is now empty. <gasps> she walks into an old barn and calls out for Grandpa, but there ain't nobody there. There ain't no Grandpas. Nope. Then we see a bunch of clothes and a pile of hay. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird, and it doesn't come back, and nothing comes of this. Right? As far as I know. She climbs a bundle of hay to the upper level of the barn, and when she gets up there, Styx pops out saying, Hey! Causing her to fall down into another pile of hay. It's very dramatic, I love it. It is. Styx says that he was just up there, hidden in the barn, minding his own business. I, I, I don't want to know what he was doing there. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> She yells, yeah, right, you pull this shit every time we come to visit, trying to scare us. She adds, I know it was you in the field, so knock it off. Uh, Sticks yells back, I told you this wasn't no place for city kids. Uh, we cut to later in the house. Stanley walks in, patting his stomach, and says, that sure was a fine supper. <laughs> okay. Grandma brings in a tray with plates of delicious-looking pies, and tells everyone to help themselves to the fruits of her many hours in the kitchen. The kids take one disgusted look at this and say, Cherry, we've always had apple! I apple is Grandpa's it. favorite. Oh my god. But Stanley looks very intensely at them and says, Cherry's my favorite. Oh my god. <laughs> Grandma gives Stanley his pie, making sure not to get too close, like he's a wild animal or something. And <laughs> it gets tense again, like before, as the grandparents exchange worried glances, and Grandma says, Cherry is a, a nice change. Shut and then up, she runs out of the room. Oh my god. Mark asks Grandpa for a story. They ask for a scary one. Mark gets uncomfortably close to Grandpa's face with his own face and demands that he reads him a story. <laughs> yes. I love it. You're so he, like, close to this old man's shoulder. face. <laughs> He's like a parrot to him. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Grandpa gets ready to tell a good one when Stanley shouts, I don't like these stories. They make me scared. <laughs> Grandpa clenches his fist and tells the kids, Sorry. I'm all out of stories. You know, Brandon, I gotta say, I think this episode is just gonna be all voice clips of Stanley, because he's great. <laughs> he's great, but he's also horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's like, growable. I don't know. Yeah. That's a word. <laughs> is we cut to later. The kids are in bed, 
but Jody is tossing and turning. God, all these kids do is sleep. <laughs> They've slept like once. It's like it's been like three times. It's been four days. <laughs> a silhouette of some kind of scarecrow is creeping into the room. She looks at the shadow and says, Grandpa? But then the camera moves like two inches to the left, and there's just a big scarecrow monster. She says, Grandpa? Again? <laughs> and what? screams, jumping up from bed. Then she opens the bedroom door, and there's a grandma scarecrow. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think it is actually the grandpa and the grandma. It, it <laughs> like, is, it's them but it the doesn't look costume. like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Jody screams again, and then she wakes up because it was oh, a nightmare. Oh, dream. Brandon, you were um, unnecessarily fascinated with scarecrows. Have you ever had a scarecrow dream? Not once. Darn, right? Not once maybe now after this episode you will (laughs) i hope so that would be a fun dream (laughs) there's like 30 seconds of jody sighing in relief and laying back down but as soon as she does there's another scarecrow shadow oh my god a rooster crows and then that scene is just over yeah so i guess scarecrows uh have the power of nightmares i don't know it's very weird it it just ends It's filler. (laughs) The next morning, the two kids are riding bikes through the very wide cornfield (laughs) alleys. And Jody is telling Mark about the dream. Some rock and banjo music starts playing and Jody yells, Race to the stream! They both pedal harder and are having a jolly good time when out from the side, a scarecrow pops out and tackles Jody off her bike onto the dirt. (laughs) It (laughs) It looks very violent. It does. R.L. Stein, he just wants all these kids to fall off their bike in the most, like, terrible fashion. I love it. Yeah. He loves kids falling off their bikes. R.L. Stein's just like, tackle her off her bike now and make sure the kid falls too. Yeah. Clothesline her while she's going 100 miles an hour. (laughs) Fucking Mike just, like, flips over his handlebars and does, like, a full scorpion on the ground. Jody screams and pushes the thing off her, and when she does, we see that it's just a normal everyday scarecrow. Oh, nothing to worry about. (laughs) She shouts into the cornfield for Sticks to cut his shit, but it's Stanley who runs out, looking concerned. Hmm. Jody says, I'ma get Sticks. Stanley says, that ain't very nice. Does Stanley just, like, hang out in the cornfield all fucking day? Uh, it seems like it. Alright, no further questions. (laughs) Okay. Jody says, he threw a fucking scarecrow at me. But Stanley says, sweet, innocent sticks would never do anything to hurt anyone. Mark weakly grabs his wrist and goes, ow. And Jody yells, wouldn't hurt anyone, huh? Like everything about that scene I love. It's great. It's quick, it gets to the point, it's action-packed, and everybody's yelling at everybody. My favorite. (laughs) Could not be improved in any way. (laughs) Stanley says to go back to the house and get all fixed up. Mark goes to grab his bike, but Stanley yells, Leave the bikes! So they do. Leave the bike so I can hit it with the swather later. (laughs) What the- why? What is the- (laughs) What is Stanley doesn't like anything. That? He hates everything. <laughs> he hates everything everyone likes. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Jody walks back long enough to kick the head of the scarecrow and says, I'm gonna get you, Sticks. Nothing personal. She walks away and the camera pans down to show that the scarecrow isn't there anymore. Immediately. That scarecrow, like, fucking instant transmission warped away. This is half a second. So this this is not a matter of scarecrows walking anywhere. This is scarecrows teleporting. Yeah, and like, that not. scarecrow moved so fast that, like, the vacuum of time, you can see it just, like, sucking around it as it moves. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you'd hear a loud pop <laughs> as the, the air from the scarecrow <laughs> rushes back in. Yes. Oh, my God. We cut to night, and there's a full harvest moon. The two kids are in the cornfield. Mark is getting dressed in a scarecrow costume, and Jody mm. is telling him the plan. Hey, I remember this. this yes. From Don't You Can't Scare Me. When you mentioned that earlier, I was like, yes, there's some You Can't Scare Me vibes. A bit. She doesn't try to filibuster the scarecrows, though. Spoilers. Oh, dang it. So Mark's going to scare Sticks, but not just scare him outright. Jody wants him to play with him a bit. She tells Mark, all right, I'm gonna go get Sticks. She runs up to Stanley and Sticks' trailer and knocks on the door. From out of the cornfield, a scarecrow walks out. Jody says, Mark, get back in the field. You're going to ruin everything. Uh Uh-huh. But the scarecrow keeps walking forward, arms outstretched. It grabs for Jody, and she screams, pushing the thing back. Its head falls backwards, revealing that it's just hay underneath. Mm -hmm. Sticks comes out of the trailer and starts throwing something at the thing, telling it to get. (laughs) What is he throwing? I don't know. He, like, whatever it is, he comes out of the trailer holding it. He doesn't hmm. reach for it. Yeah, well, whatever. Styx takes Jody into the trailer. She asks what the hell that thing was and how it was alive. And Styx says, oh, my dad did it. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. Done. What a what a thrilling reveal, right? <laughs> oh, my dad did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) He tells her that a couple months back, Stanley found a magical book, and he thought it would be cool if he cast a spell where the scarecrows were alive so they could keep the birds off the crops. Hmm. Okay. Isn't that what scarecrows do anyway? Isn't that their entire point? Yes. Okay. But... Anyway, the Scarecrows didn't want to scare birds. They wanted to scare people. I just want you to know, Brandon, in this... I think this is a trailer, right? They have a television in the background, and there's a Nintendo on top of it. All right. Top of the line. Yep. I mean, let's be honest here. Was the Nintendo 64 out at this point? Like, no offense to to Sticks and Stanley, but, like, they could have at least had a Super Nintendo. Holiday 96? Yeah. I would say that, yeah. was out. He keeps it old school, even He's back He's a simple farmhand. <laughs> well, the problem is, is that Grandma and Grandpa don't pay them, so that's the only thing <laughs> yes. I could have. Grandma and Grandpa gave them their old Nintendo after they upgraded <laughs> to an N64. <laughs> they just get the scraps of whatever they give them. Jody asks if her grandparents know about all this scarecrow business, and Stick says, yeah, of course. The yeah, they do, and they weren't like... Kids, please don't come this year. We have a scarecrow problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We have something of a demon problem. uh... (laughs) Magic is real. We're being tormented by magical scarecrows. 
<laughs> Don't come this year. Nope, so, nope, nope. I owe you one chocolate pancakes. <laughs> if Stanley allows it, yeah. <laughs> if Stanley ever frees us from our eternal torture, <laughs> you can come on by and we'll get some frogs. Oh, Nope. They don't do anything. They don't even try. They just put their family in danger. <laughs> no. Like, whatever. They're just like, alright, I guess we're having cornflakes today. <laughs> the grandparents asked Stanley to make things normal again, and Stanley agreed, but only after they do things his way for a while. Mm. Jody is like, our precious Stanley did that? And Stick <laughs> says, he's not being mean, it's just he's no, been he a is. farmhand his whole life, and he just wanted to see what it was like to be in charge. That's a... St- Whatever. So we see Stanley slowly creeping his way into the room to see what the hubba is, holding his dark grimoire. Yeah. Oh, I gotta say, Brandon, this whole time, they, uh, Mark is in the cornfield, like, waiting to scare Sticks. Yes. And Jody doesn't give a fuck that the scarecrows may be murdering him right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just wants to know about Stanley. Is he okay? Yeah, she's like, oh, this incredible story is unfolding before my eyes. Fuck my brother. Like, he could just die. (laughs) Styx notices Stanley and says, Dad, Stanley looks like he just got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and runs out of the trailer. (laughs) They chase him into the cornfield, and they catch up to him pretty easy. And Styx says, we gotta find a way to get rid of these things permanently. Just then, a scarecrow walks out of the corn and just stands there. Stanley runs away. So Stanley's scared of the scarecrows too, then? Yeah. He's not their lord. Well, I mean, he was acting like he was, but whatever. The scarecrow reaches under its neck and pulls off a mask. It was just Mark. Oh, and Mark the whole time. Yeah, but I think that's funny even from Mark's perspective. Like, he doesn't know that all this nonsense was going down, so (laughs) he popped out for his scare and then immediately was like, hey, it's me, Mark. I'm not a real scarecrow. (laughs) Like, what a lame-ass prank that would have been. Stanley runs out into an open part of the field, like a big big circle of nothing, and it's surrounded by scarecrows. He pulls out his book and starts flipping through the pages. He starts reading Latin-y sounding gibberish from one of the pages, and one by one, all of the scarecrows start to jiggle. (laughs) A lot of jiggling going on in this episode. (laughs) This is a jiggly episode. (laughs) Styx and the others catch up to Stanley, and Styx takes a look at the book. He says, Oh no, Dad, did you read the wrong magic spell? This is the one that wakes them all up. Dad. (laughs) (laughs) You knucklehead. (laughs) Styx tells the two kids to run for it, and they do. Stanley sort of stumbles, and Styx helps him up as the scarecrows close in. There were so many fucking S sounds in that sentence, Cortland. You made it, though, Brandon. I know. (laughs) Only reading it out loud did I notice. Stanley sort of stumbles, and Styx helps him out of the scarecrows close in. (laughs) (sighs) Jody and Mark can't find the barn and are lost. Mark says he's scared. Then he looks for another two seconds and says, oh, it's this way. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta say, Brandon, the rest of this episode is great. Um, it's basically a zombie movie at this point. It's pretty sweet. Kind of, yeah. They run toward the barn, but once again, something tackles Jody to the ground. 
She screams and kicks the arm of the scarecrow. She gets up, and the two kids make it into the barn, with Stanley and Styx just behind them. The door closes on one of the scarecrow's arms, and Styx hacks it off with a shovel. See? Zombie movie right up in here. Yep. Styx stands near the door and says, Okay, they're gone. And just like every zombie movie, a hand comes in through the door and grabs him by the neck. Then it busts through the wall like Kool-Aid Man, and the other scarecrows oh follow. Yeah, these walls are made out of nothing, I guess, because these scarecrows can't be that strong. No, they're hay. <laughs> Stick starts attacking them with his shovel, and Mark goes to grapple with them, but Jody and Stanley do fuck all but whimper and scream. <laughs> More scarecrows bust through the wall, and Styx yells for his dad to say the spell that puts them all back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Stanley doesn't do any of that shit. Just then, the headlights on the giant thresher in the barn turn on, and the blades start spinning and running over the scarecrows. This part's fucking awesome. Hay and scraps of clothing are flying everywhere. When it's all done, Mark just climbs out without saying a word and just stands there. <laughs> Stanley says... Never again. Mark says, I guess I got to ride the Thresher after all. Yeah. I mean, he didn't ride it. He just turned it on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the part where he turned on this very dangerous machinery next to, like, you know, most of his family, kind of. And he just, like, doesn't give a shit that they may or may not be sucked into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he could have, like, accidentally hit the wrong button and it just started driving and runs him over. <laughs> yeah. It was good, though. I love this sequence. Total zombie movie. I, I mean, I never really thought of Scarecrow's being, like, that zombie type, the slow-moving, like, dum-dums. It makes mm-hmm. sense. It works in this in this episode. It's great. And then we get that whole, like, I mean, if they were people, like, this would have been a bloody, disgusting fucking mess of people getting thrown into that thresher and there'd just be bloody and guts and you get to see like the hay like shooting out of the the bin where it just like chops it up mm-hmm. and throws it out and oh it would have been awesome the i like to imagine that it was really great stuff i mean that that's like the g-rated version of like a horribly violent mm-hmm. you know blood spewing everywhere and bones basically this is dead alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> g-rated dead alive yeah which man i would love to see <laughs> The next morning, Grandpa, Grandma, and the kids are all enjoying a nice plate of apple pie. Yay, everything's back to normal. Grandpa says, yay, everything's back to normal. (laughs) Stanley walks in the room and notices a page from the book ripped out onto the floor. He picks it up and starts reading it. What? Did he not learn his lessons? (laughs) Did he not remember that just... Five seconds ago in episode time, he was like, never again. <laughs> he literally said that out loud. Fucking liar. Damn <sighs> it, Stanley. So we get a quick cut to inside the barn and the headlights to the thresher turn on again. Oh, my God. As Stanley keeps reading, the massive thing drives right through the side of the barn. Jody says, what was that? Stanley. <laughs> And everyone in the house gets up to look out the window to see the Thresher's giant blades coming right towards them. What an ending. It turned into maximum overdrive at the end, Courtney. Oh my, 
I did. Oh, man. Where's Yardley Smith? I don't know. She's over there boohooing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end. My goodness. Yeah. Really great ending. I love it. I love it's, that ending. It's one of those like dark but silly endings, kind of. Oh, actually, it's mostly just dark, because those people are going to get whipped into those blades and <laughs> shot out and turned into goo. Yeah. Like, a scarecrow's not that scary but if that thing was coming at you mm-hmm. and like all of a sudden style, yeah. yeah all other vehicles started attacking you like you are going to die mm-hmm. for sure it's just when you know yeah so whew, the episode uh it's got laughs it's got spooks it's got it's got a bertram z- zombie attacks yeah i think overall i enjoyed it it was just kind of fun to watch and that's what we want you know well fine What's yeah, one. I I liked it. It's not one of my favorites. Ooh, okay. So, do you think that Silent Servant is better than this episode? I think that the Scarecrow in Silent Servant is scarier. Mm-hmm. It's a more intimidating villain. Yeah. Um. Nobody got a dugout though, so. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a toss-up with the kids because I don't really like any of the kids. Well, I guess I could say I dislike. The young boys in both episodes and the older girls are okay. A lot of similarities, though. I I mean, magic. Um, they didn't have to deliver the beans, but I can look past that. Yeah, they didn't do shit. <laughs> These kids didn't do jack except shit. Complain about grandma's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> they just sat there and were like, "Fucking grandma's cooking up a monstrosity again." Ugh, cherry pie. Fuck. Yeah. Um. Do you think there's any kind of moral that we could extract from this episode? Um, if you go to your grandma and grandpa's, why don't you try appreciating what they're giving you instead of just sitting there and being like, cornflake grandma, yes. fuck off. Disgusting. What is this filth? Another good one. If you see, if you see a page on the ground from a magic book, just read it. Just read it out loud. <laughs> Nothing bad could happen. Where the hell did he get that book? Like, seriously. You don't, don't just even find say. magical books. I wish, but I don't know. He's a farmhand. Like, he's not traveling the world to exotic locales. Well, the the thing is, they don't explain where he got the book. They don't explain what happens to the book after the fact. Mm -mm. Why was that page on the ground? I don't know. Hmm. Oh, well. (laughs) We'll never know. (laughs) If you have a cornfield, plant the corn a little bit close together. (laughs) Maximize your space. Yeah, maximize the profits that you can get from selling corn. <laughs> yeah. Ching, it's your ching. livelihood. <laughs> Don't waste all this space just so you can have bike rides through your corn. Yeah, unless it's you're going to build, it. like, a corn maze, then you can kind of plan ahead or whatever. I'm well, sure that yeah, they but, just... But then you're maximizing your profits in other ways. True, and you still get the corn after the season's over, unless it's all, like, gross corn by that point. Grandma and Grandpa are just... They don't know what they're doing. Well, the problem is, like I said, everybody's old except for Sticks, and he's the only one doing any work, and it just, it was a catastrophe from the beginning. Yeah. They should probably retire. All right. Scarecrow walks at midnight. That's a terrible name, because it's singular, and there's oh, right. a lot of Scarecrows. Mm-hmm. There is. And also, they don't just walk at midnight, they walk all the time, and also they teleport, so nothing about this title. <laughs> is accurate yeah you're right lots of scarecrows teleport all the time 
That's a That's good book cover. Yeah, I would pick that one up and read it. And Rolled I would expect right you to tongue. take a picture of that book cover. Uh, maximum Overdrive. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> how can you not? Yeah, this is like the prequel to Maximum Overdrive. Cause Whoa, this explain? is how it all started. Yeah, yeah they, do. they do. Okay, they do. I don't remember. It's, what uh, is the explanation? It, it's a comet that gets too close to the, to the <sighs> Earth, I think, or something dumb like that. That is very dumb. Yeah. It's stupid, but okay, I like this is magic a better explanation better. than magic books. Stanley did it. He did it. Kickstarted Yardley Smith's his career. All right. Well, I think that's that's all. That, that's that's all a great title. That's better than Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. Yeah. So now we're done with this episode, Cortland. Woof. And we're moving on to another classic. Oh, all right. What's next? So this one is. Monster Blood. Ooh, okay. Monster Blood 1. Yeah, I may or may not have read one of the Monster Blood books. I couldn't tell you which one. Let's take a look at the cover here, though. Yeah. Uh, I I love this cover. I remember really, like, really, really liking it as a kid. So the colors, uh, blue and yellow, perfect colors, love them. Um, mm-hmm. The picture on the, on the cover is a staircase that is dripping with goo <laughs> yeah there's a pair of glasses in a pile of the goo and uh it looks great i, I love it's a little bit more realistic looking except for you know goo everywhere yeah. well I, that could happen too but yeah you could have goo it's a little bit like foreboding you know like whose glasses are they are they the goo uh, did they are they running from the goo like what is this what is this plus i mean yeah. the name itself monster blood out. fucking sweet um, let's see, the tagline reads, it's a monster blood drive. Okay. It's <laughs> not right. a great tagline. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit here because I can also see the cover for Monster Blood 2 because I just Googled Monster Blood. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> monster Blood 2 and Monster Blood 3, to me, have more iconic covers. Like, yeah. I remember those ones both very well. I like this cover, and I like it pretty much entirely because of the glasses and the goo. Like, that really mm-hmm. ties the whole thing together. Otherwise, it's just goo dripping downstairs, which is like, I don't know, is your toilet backed up? What's going on? Yeah, but right. the glasses make it seem like someone melted. Yeah, I like it. Um, Monster Blood. I think this one's going to be about a kid who finds some goo, and he's like, whoa it's goo you guys and then like the goo like i don't know finds something and maybe somebody like eats it and then something happens i don't know i don't know maybe it's gonna be like in uh, the tale of the dark dragon where like you know it turns people into the worst form of themselves or something i'm not sure interesting i don't know I, it's really hard for me because like the other covers are right there and one of them is a giant fucking hamster in a cage that's breaking out of it and the other <laughs> one's this kid that's fucking stomping through a park because he's so giant so i'm assuming it makes you grow <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a fair assessment from these covers yeah but the first one not so much like nothing's grown no it's just goo it's just goo dribbling down the stairs and also there's some glasses well i think It'll be a good time. I mean, it's got to be good. There's like a million Monster Blood books, right? So obviously... Yeah. Arl like, Stein was very proud of himself for the Monster Blood story. It shows. <laughs> got so many of them. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's going to be good. I think it's I think it's going to be good. I think Monster Blood is one of those books that when you hear like when somebody whispers goosebumps in your ear, you're like, oh, Monster Blood, you know, it's one of those. Yeah, looking forward to it. So that'll be exciting. That's next week. Okay. Where we're going to talk about Monster Blood. I've been up all night, and I'm done talking about Scarecrows for now. Uh, yeah, right, until you bring them up next week. Shit. And I will. <laughs> I will see you next week, Cortland. All right. Bye, good. everybody. Bye. Bye.